Welcome to the show. We hope you have a blast. Thanks for making time for the Dealer Talk Podcast. Another business leader, here's a penny for your thoughts. This ain't a regular conversation, baby. This that Dealer Talk. What up? Welcome to another episode of the Dealer Talk Podcast. This is your host, Herb Anderson. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today is the last episode of season five. And of course, we have a fantastic guest, none other than Mr. Frederick Lenart, the subprime hero. What's up, dude? How are you, man? Living the life, living the life. <laughs> I'm so excited to be here, man. Herb, I really appreciate this. Having you on our show was an honor to be on your show. Really humbling, man. And I'm super excited to be here today and talk some shop. Let's go. Yeah, dude. This is this is great, man. I'm so thankful to have you guys on here or to have you on here. Hopefully, we'll get Lou on here for the opening of season six. Lou, I'm calling you out, man. Uh, <laughs> I know he'll do it because he loves you just as much as I love you, man. So it'll be Thanks, good. Man. Thank you so much, dude. So this is great. Um, season five. We're, we're closing it out. This has been a, a great season because of, you know, things like COVID. We've had some amazing guests. And, um, you know, I kind of feel like I'm getting the hang of this thing after five seasons. So, <laughs> um, super, super excited, man. Yeah, so, sir. Listen, you guys are blowing up. Love what you guys are doing over with your show. You just got back from Digital Dealer, had an incredible run out there. You guys did some pretty innovative things as far as podcasting goes for the automotive space out there. And I definitely want to talk to you about a bunch of stuff. I kick things off with a, uh, with a background, man. So tell us about you. Oh, man. So obviously, I'm a mixed culture child. My mother's Korean. My father's um, German, Irish and English. Right. So I come from a world of the military also. So I was born overseas in South Korea. My mother's from there. Um, I was born in Seoul. So I always say I'm a soul man. Right. So and I have a lot of soul because of it. But no, but on the serious, we traveled around the world, lived, lived in Colorado, lived in Florida, lived in, obviously here in Kentucky, where I live now, which is my home. Um, but also, you know, I got to live in Germany for five years, which was amazing. It was beautiful. My favorite place. Um, so but in the meanwhile, inside of each one of those places, there was pods of military family which were from all over the place too, from, from South America, you know, to, you know, you had a, whole, a lot of Hawaiians, you had a lot of Koreans, you know, which was really cool for me to be around people of similar culture. Um, and then a lot of those were blended together. So it was always fun to be around people, different foods and different lifestyles. And, but the one thing that I was always raised up coming from that background was, you know, that people around you, not just the family become family. You know, you find that when you go to these places, you're only there for a couple of years, but you make such great memories, but you have to say goodbye, which is tough. Um, so you kind of get used to that. But after a while, I found Kentucky and Kentucky was my home. I've been here since 1991, which, you know, gives away my age. I was 12 at the time. Um, <laughs> absolutely loved it here. At, not at first, but loved it here as I grew up, met great people, great friends that have gone off to do some amazing things and some that I still keep in touch with. Um people I love. Um, I consider family, like I said, um, but I got to build a tighter knit here. I joined the military, did four years in the Air Force, um, was an A-10 avionics mechanic, um, did the radio navigation systems, helped with the guidance control. It was a lot of fun. Um, worked, did that out in Tucson, Arizona, and then got out, went to college for a little bit and actually got in the car business shortly afterwards because I saw the potential of the income. Um, and then I thought it was going to be something I did temporarily and then turned into a 20 year career that I absolutely am in love with and I'm so passionate about. And that's what this whole everything I'm doing, the Car Guy Coffee is all about this business and changing the culture. So people, our kids one day can say, hey, 
I want to be in the car business, dad. And you're like, heck yes, let's yeah. all do this. You know, I know you feel the same way, my friend. And, and, and my kid, my son, he knows how beautiful this business is. It's provided him a great life. And the people he's met have been all fantastic. And he sees what I'm doing now. And he just believes I, I don't, if my son came to me and said, Hey dad, I want to stop going to college and decide to go do this. I honestly, what can I say besides let's go, but you're going to have to go. And I'm going to make sure you understand this business. Right. But no, man, it's, it's a great culture that's starting to change up and I want to be a big part of it and a big voice in it. So thanks for having me today. Yeah, dude. No, for sure. I definitely mirror that sentiment. I, I, you know, I've said it on the show a couple of times again, I would love to have that. I don't know maybe it sounds a little bit out there, but I would love to have that, that perceptions from, from youngsters, you know what I mean? Like let's be in the car business. This, this is a place where we can yeah. have a great career, you know? Um, so. about it. You know, and I can go all, all days for that because I believe that there's not enough after like it does. There's not enough opportunities for people to hear about it. We need to start going to like good dealerships that have good, you know, onboarding and good opportunities for young people. They need to start going to I'm sure some of them do, but to like the high schools and start talking to them during you know career days, maybe see if they can come in, volunteer and explain how what kind of business that is and how you can get into it and how, you know, and. And really, we should have education for them afterwards, like allow people to come go to school for a little bit, learn sales, learn the process, and maybe get them. Why not? You know, this career, I do better than most people I know who have college educations. And matter yeah. of fact, pretty much almost everybody I know with the college education, except for maybe one or two, right? And and that's not me bragging. It's just facts. Those are numbers. And I've and I've seen that. And I know what I've been able to do. And I think that we, people like your your podcast, Tila Talk Podcast, I love the show. And you do preach this. That's why I kind of brought it up. And I, I've heard it from you. And I know that you mean that. I we This should be a generational thing. And it's a beautiful business to be in. We, we change people's lives. People buy cars and it really affects them. It's a big purchase. Yeah. And to, to be that guide and that be that friend and be that person that knows what they're doing so they don't have to worry about it. Like a doctor, when you go and they tell you, hey, this is the medicine you need to take and you need to do this, you listen to them, right? Because they're educated. So that's why we maybe need to step back and educate more, go in starting in high school, getting them into th the thought process of possibly getting into this business and then showing how great it is. Testimonials, like your testimonial, mine, you know, testimonials are huge. You know how that is. Yeah, no, for sure. And and dude, and what a what a great time uh, we are just um, with all the digital avenues that we have available to us for the industry, right? To to affect change. So you know, like that. That's why doing shows like this, like your guys is using social media to put content on there, and and you know, it, it's a big deal, man. Like it, you know, it, it it makes a difference. It's it's and it's. I'm grateful that we have the opportunity to do that now. You know. Absolutely. Brick by brick, man, step by step, we're going to make a change. 1% a day is what I say. And it, yeah, it'll make sure. a big effect after a little bit of time. You know what I mean? That's <laughs> right. So let's talk about, uh, you know, um, I want to definitely, we're going to have the, the podcaster conversation here in a minute, but <laughs> let's talk about, about this year, man. It's been, a, it's been a pretty big year for you guys. I'm sure, you know, the podcast obviously is taking off, which is great. Um, but also what's going on on the business side, dude, with everything that's wow. been going on. It's been, it's been a really wild year. It's almost hard to gauge. You know, when you go year over year, we used to do that. All of us as people, we're trying to help dealers We're Hey, let's look at your year over year and let's see what we can increase. This year has been a crazy increase. It's like 
but also a decrease in a lot of things. So last year, I think a lot of dealerships started to fil- to develop better habits, getting better with the phones, getting better with social media, getting better with getting, you know, a frictionless process to purchasing a vehicle. And also same sure. thing in the service departments, man, they did a great job of making sure that it was clean and people felt comfortable with the things that they needed to get done on their vehicles without having to let their vehicle lapse on things that they cannot let lapse. Right. So fantastic job in the car business last year. I think for the most part, the average dealer did better. Not all, they didn't do great, but they did better. And some of them did fantastic. And we, saw, sure. we saw the results. We've seen those, those people who, the ones that are on social media all the time, they show and they do it. And I love that. Um, that motivates people, motivates me, you know? Um, and so that being said, great habits were formed, but then this year s- switch over in- inventory issues. Now we're starting to see the new car markets tough because the chips, you know, we all hear about the chip and the whole world knows now we knew it as auto, auto guys and gals, but now the world knows. And so, right. There's a big shortage. We see those vehicles. I'm around the Ford plant and I see vehicles stacked up for days, just can't go anywhere. And it's it's unreal. It's kind of scary, but it's cool. You know what I mean? Because it's just like such a unique time like last year. You know, you need to take advantage of those times. So this year, business-wise, it's been great when it comes to profit, I think. Um, I believe mm-hmm. that people have done a better job. I think with less inventory, with less even people on at, on the sales floor, I think they kind of a lot of people marginalized and got a little bit smaller, um, but they were, they're working with more, you know, I mean, working with less, but doing more, but they have to keep this in mind. And this is what's scary is that I think we got a little bit lazier than we did last year. Everybody's starting to come into dealerships, masters coming off, um, handshakes and all this stuff are starting to become a thing again. I've seen it, um, which I, I love. And, and I'm not, this is not a negative thing, you know, but at the same time we're getting, we're starting to get back. It's, Oh, it's the old, we can go back to normal. Well, that's the problem. We're, we're not, we need to progress not degress when you're talking about um, getting in sales. Um, we can't do things better and then say we don't need to do it anymore. We can't. And that's how Vroom, Carvana, and all these people are going to keep taking our market a little bit more, which is un- it's, it's not unfair. It's freaking righteous. That's exactly what they should be doing because we are allowing that to happen. So I see that happening right now. I see people having all this great money, making good money, salespeople selling less cars, but having bigger checks. Great. And, I, and don't get me wrong. Take advantage of the moments that you can understand. We're not hurting. We're not ch- actually cheating anybody by doing that. These are just because we're, we're supposed to be doing better processes and doing these things that help people make it better. They'll pay more when you make it smoother and easier for them when you are their car guy or car gal, all that stuff. But what's scary is that I think that we're going to go back to an old process. That's going to make us look bad again. We're going to start looking like cheats because here in a year or two, doesn't matter if you gave them a good deal. Book values are going to go back to normal again, and they kind of inflated a lot this year. And when they do kind of go back to a similar normal, what do you do then, right? How do you explain to your customer you can't trade them out? They're five, eight grand upside down, right? Or they need a lot of money down. Oh, well, the market changed. Well, yeah, great. But but whose fault? They don't, even if it's not your fault, they're going to blame you because you sold the car. It's like they blame you when an engine issues on the vehicle. Imagine not being able to trade out of something they want to trade out that they normally do in two to three years, right? So you have to start being ready for that and being prepped for that. But we're doing it in, we're not, I think we're not educating our clients. And I think that's half the problem we never did in the past. I think we still got to educate and explain that that is a possibility. So, you know, cut hay while the, while the sun's shining, but we have to understand that we are going to eventually have to deal with what we've done today. Right. And that's going to happen, but you have to have a process for it. Let people know, be honest with them when they come in, maybe give them more for the trades in the future, all those things, maybe offer that in your package. When you say, Hey, listen, when that does happen, when you come in and you come see me, I'll make sure that you get this much more for your trade and all that type of stuff. And those, those are things that, that you can do, but this market, 
is it's kind of making us lazy. I see it all the time. I see people doing less phone calls. I see people taking less ups. I see, I see it because they're making almost double what they were doing one deal, you know, so crazy. Yeah, dude, I love that perspective, man. And um, a couple of things you talked about there, but one thing that sticks out, and I actually talked about this in my last session, um, what I'm noticing with the, with the stores that I work with, dude, is I'm seeing the the impact, what you're, you know, like profits and all that, mm-hmm. but I'm also seeing a, an increase in negative reviews. <laughs> Amen. You know what I mean? Amen. So you got to be really, really careful that you're paying attention to that because customers are, in some cases, are forced to buy the product. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so they're going to do it because they, you know, because they kind of have to, but they're not going to forget, man. You know what I mean? They're not going to forget the, 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 that you're, no you're forcing them to pay over, over what the car's worth. And you, maybe you didn't give them enough on their trade or whatever the case was, or, you know, people are so, in some cases they're just too busy. They have too much activity that that's there. It's leaving holes in, in the service, right. And how you're, you're servicing your customers and the experience that you're delivering your customers. And to your point, when you feel like, um, you know, things are good, then it's a lot easier for you to kind of, you know, pump the brakes and that that's something that can come back, you know, cause you're already going to have issues with, with, uh, values right in the future. And that this isn't going to like go away. This is going to come back. Um, but if they had on top of that, if they had a really bad experience and they were just kind of forced to transact, hmm. you're potentially going to lose that customer. You know what 100, I mean? 100. And you know, and don't get me wrong. There's going to be times where you're going to have to help somebody purchase something that they didn't come in to buy. I mean, because they're, they're just obviously they don't qualify. Their expectations are just way too high. So you what I do and I always tell people, it's like, just be honest with them. Paint them the picture of the future because it is, man, you have to give them something that they that they can believe can happen. And when you paint the right picture and say, you know, like if the guy that wants to buy the um, guy or gal, whatever, if they the customer that wants to buy the, the F-150, you know, fully loaded with, you know, four wheel drive with the nice wheels, you know, but it has a specific color for all that. Well, that's, that's, a, there's a time and place for that. You know, we all have to earn that with our credit. We have to earn that with the job time. We have to earn that with, you know, the right amount of income to be able to purchase that vehicle. A lot of people don't think that they, they see somebody driving something they wanted. They come in, I want this truck, but I make two $2,500 a month. Right. Well, you know, listen, you know, and, and that's great. And I love it. But I, what I do is I, I always, since even when I was young, I would coach them, explain, Hey, I get that, man. I want to do the same thing. <laughs> you know, especially when I was first in, I, when I first started selling cars, like I was driving a, a beater that you had to lift the door up to close it. Right. So <laughs> I was just, I needed, I needed something. Right. So, but you know, I, but I worked on my credit, I got it better, but I, so I can tell my journey in, in true story and say, Hey, look, I was, my credit was whack when i got out of the military <laughs> you know I, like i said i was i was just getting by and i was just right man the subprime hero had bad credit what amen and i and i you know i was never educated we none of us most of us don't when we go through school you get told have good credit pay your bills but you know how important is that when i need things like a house and a car when i when i just need like to be able to like i have an engine issue and i need to get it fixed but i don't have the cash but i need credit because they do allow it but you don't have it so what are they going to do you know so there's so many there's so many things that credit are so important but we weren't educated enough when i was younger i just kind of put it to side and honestly and, and love my mom and my father but man they were horrible with their money they were broke all the time they worked their butts off their whole life still do you know and i love them both and they've done they're way better now trust me they they're they're <laughs> the, they're the customers you want on the lot they could buy anything they want but there was a time when we, when we they had three kids on a military budget and my mom was you know a foreigner that you know she granted she's a u.s citizen but she was still 
second language English. She doesn't have a, um, a degree here, you know, so she, she's like, they're giving her jobs and her jobs were like almost minimum, you know, she might, but she made management everywhere she went. My mother was a hard worker, always on time, worked extra hours if you needed her. That's so she always did well. And she's very Asian strict. I love her. Right. <laughs> A's and B's, B's are bad. You know, A's are good. B's are bad. You know, I love my mom for that. Um, she raised me in, in an amazing way and I love, will always honor her. I'm a mama's boy, but, but that, but that's, but that's the key, man. You know, that type of. Oomph. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, um, to, to not to sidetrack here, but the Asian comment, my ex-wife is Asian. So I, you know, I you know, the rules, man. there's rules and there's, but I love the Asian, like my wife right now, she's, you know, my wife right now, my only wife I've ever had. Um, so, uh, <laughs> Um, you know, we've been married for 16 plus years going on 17 and been together for almost 20. Yeah. Thank you very much. We have a, a 17 year old son that's going to turn 18, uh, getting ready to graduate high school next year. I'm honored and blessed to just be part of his life, man. And just see him grow into a, a man that I always wanted to be, you know? So it's, it's, it's neat to see that, you know, that's the legacy of us when to leave that the older we get, we start thinking about that and just so amazing. But yeah, the Asian side, mom, she's not really strict, but she is, there's rules. Yeah. <laughs> A certain way right and all that stuff and like but you know with when it comes to the tradition what i love about it was the family ass and um you know part of it. it's so you know if her aunt asks her to do something she does it right and it's it's so beautiful to see that and i get it even when i think it's crazy i'm like you're crazy but she <laughs> she does it without second thinking she, she'll do extra because she knows that's what she, they're expected you know it's kind of like my mother i remember when i would first drink with her and we would take like a shot of something and she would um She's very traditional with that. Like when we took a shot, I would have to cheers at the bottom of hers. I have to pour for one. I have to pour the shots for uh, elders. You always pour the shots. You never let them pour one. You pour it and then you get it. And then you could cheers. You cheers the bottom of their cup while they cheers the top of yours. Right. Because they're always going to be on top. And then you have to turn and take your shot without looking at them. (laughs) Now that's, and that's what my mother taught me. And I, so I I use that, but I, I I think of that as like from my mentors to, to my customers, when they come in, I'm going to respect them at that type of level. And when you do that with everybody you meet to each person, you give them the benefit of the doubt, good credit, bad credit, doesn't matter. You know, be the subprime hero, be the prime hero. doesn't matter what you're doing. Treat everybody like a millionaire, like they're your best friend. And maybe they don't give it back to you, but the, Hey, that's on them at that point, you know, um, you, but you just keep giving love and love and love and love and it comes back to you so much stronger than you could ever imagine so yeah dude i mean listen like i mean let's just from a common sense standpoint i mean you're telling me that if you treat people with respect Mm. and you try to help people that good things are going to happen to you it's weird how that works i don't get it yeah it's just kind of it's funky i i i tried the other way a few times it didn't work well (laughs) <laughs> things get in my life i would focus on the negative but when i focus on positive and give positive i tend to receive it quite a yeah. bit so and, that, and that's the that's the beauty of energy and frequencies and, and love and, and god you know so everything so love 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 perfect love yeah dude i mean to me that's a good business strategy it's a good life strategy so i think i, I think that life and business are identical um in all ways it's you always get what you put into it and um you are you. And today it's even more pronounced because people are looking at your social media. People are watching it and they want to know who they're dealing with. And when they know with their full heart that they're dealing with good people, it's like, it's, you know, we, they say, you don't, a lay down doesn't walk on a lot. You create a lay down, right. And, and lay down, don't take that wrong customers. We don't mean that in a bad way. It's people who just come in and they're ready to buy and they're good. Right. Not like there's no walls. Right. And that that's created. You, you, you know, so people, they trust you. They only do that when there's trust and 
trust is something you have to earn every single time. Just like when you first met your wife, just like when you first, you know, have a dog that you, that you trying to, you know, have come into the family, you have to earn their trust too. Just like they earn your trust. So it's, it's a two way street every time. So for sure. So let's talk about, about the, the subprime part of, of, you know, kind of the, the situation that we've been in the automotive space. Like yeah. how, what, what, what are you guys seeing on your end? How has it been affected? Has it been more difficult? Has it been easier? Like, um, tell us it's, a little bit about that. It's a little bit of all of it, you know, cause there's been a shift. So like the shift is, is that you had the near prime and the prime that are now in getting to that subprime level. Cause they had to do some adjustments in life when they couldn't work anymore. When they couldn't do this, they had to make decisions. And some of the decisions weren't the best. A lot of the banks helped people out, which was great. But at the end of the day, at the end, when it came back, there were still businesses that couldn't do what they're still, it's still still businesses that can't open up your, you know? And then if you were a family business owned and you had a small restaurant, how tough was that? You probably couldn't even, you probably lost everything. Um, so, so that being said, there's a lot of these people that, that are good people, just like anybody. I mean, I don't care if you're all the way down to the bottom, there's a percentage of bad people in every group, good credit, bad credit doesn't matter. Um, just credit just happens to people sometimes. In this case, there's been a lot of happen to people this past year. You know, America has a structure of credit and the way we do things to where you have to have credit and, but they, they sucker you into credit quite a bit too. So that, that being said, um, (laughs) it's sad, but it's true. But you know, that being said, subprime kind of got bigger in that aspect, but which was great because those were good people that you, they, they brought into this thing and now we're helping them and we're helping and they're easier to get bought because they're not quite as bad as the ones that were, at the bottom, right? So now we're filling in with better, slightly better subprime, which has been wonderful. Banks are buying that and they love it. So banks have been really great. They've actually been, most subprime banks have been very um, easing to people. They've helped them like with the driver's license issues. A lot of people's expired during it last year, you know, and how tough would that be to go in and get a new one during COVID? It was difficult. A lot of states yeah. are as rural as I live in Kentucky. They don't really have, they didn't have any way to get it. So they were really understanding about that as long as it was within a certain amount of days. Um, they were allowing for people, if you were on COVID, they were adjusting their, um, like almost like they were on family medical leave, like allowing them to have that time off that they couldn't work and counting that not against them. They would just use the hours that they did work and use that as average, which was really a blessing too, because there was no way that you could sell people based off the year to date on that stuff. So there was a lot of that, which I I'm so honored and so just so cool that those banks were doing it, you know, and and they were really helping us. And then now we're, you know, to today's world. Now the car market went crazy. Car values at auctions were going stupid high. You couldn't buy them cheap. They were above book values. MMR was like Mm -hmm. crazy, you know? So we were like, what are we doing? What are we doing? Well, the books adjusted to it, which was great. I'm so happy that happened. Um, but what banks and most subprime banks did, like if you're on West coast, you mostly use KBB East coast is mostly NADA. Um, book values, right? So in a, in a sense, now some banks use both or th- all three, they even use the black book or whatnot. So you had to figure out which book was the biggest one and you go there. But most banks didn't, if you were here in East Coast, they were just like NADA only. Well, they allowed us to start looking at KBB because KBB was sometimes two grand more in those values. So that, so that was great too. So that started working out really cool where banks were being more open with that. So it really helped out with that. Um, but we did lose a lot of people to like, you know, people that were right there you know, that you could get a right. Right. They, they dropped to that level where it's more buy here, pay here, which I really hate that that happens, you know, cause I know that when they get in most of those cases, they're, they're stuck for the years that they're in it, you know, and it's mm-hmm. very difficult to get them out. Um, but right and right now, even more so, cause they barely make those values. Those cars go crazy high, but, um, but no, it's been great, man. We've been able to help a lot of people. I am, I am still sitting on about 90% um, unit, compared to what we were doing um, the years prior um, to COVID, 
which is, but I'm, but when it comes to the profit, the, the banks have been more open, allowing more percentages. Um, we've been getting more money down, which is, you know, I think a lot to do with stimulus. We, you know, as sure. some call it stimmy, um, you know, but they, but it, it was a unique time. March was a record. I mean, it was units and gross was a record month. Um, April, May, um, in subprime, and I do about 75%, um, subprime. It, it, they've both been record months too. So it's been, it's been great. You know, it's been wonderful because it's been keeping the morale up and people are going good, but I'm focused on making sure they keep the implement, the, the program that we have, that the, the growth that they've made, I want them to still keep continuing growing. That's my whole keep growing thing. You know, the forgive focus, fly, keep yeah. growing. Right. Yeah. So like I continually preach, keep growing, keep growing. Like when somebody will come to me and they'll, they'll sell a car and we celebrate, oh, man, it's awesome. Blah, blah, blah. When's your next deal? You got an appointment, you know, cause you got to think about the next, cause it's not about the past anymore. And it's not even really about the future. It's about what do you have right now? What right. Are you now? Doing right now? Yeah. Right. And I try to preach that cause we only, I tell them, listen, all you work only so many hours a day after you're home, you can be as lazy as you want, <laughs> but come here and, and have some purpose and learn and get some drive. And, and, and the beautiful part about working subprime 75% is that you really 100% are changing people's lives. You really become a car buying coach. You really teach people how to buy a car the right way, educate them on why they're in the situation to the point where if you come in, let's say Herbie, and I know it's not the case, but you came in and you couldn't buy a car for me. I was like, man, I can't help this guy, right? I have this thing called a personalized path to purchase. And it's a form that we have, it's like a, like a pamphlet, right? You open it up, looks like a road, but it, there's like a description and it explains everything that's going on. And inside there, I will get a Sharpie and I'll write what they need to do in the next three months, six yeah. months, whatever it is, one month, whatever it is, you know, or just, or maybe I just need more money down, right? Or I need a co-maker. You throw a co-maker on here, you know, I'll give them multiple options. They come back with one of those things or all those things, we can help you. Now, how many people do that? Not most, most people say, I can't help you. It's nice to meet you. Your credit right. sucks, right? Yeah. And Next. Like, wow, man, that's what everybody does. It's, that's what subprime, it's kind of tough, but I train my guys tough on the phones. I make sure they understand how to, um, really focus on the appointment, like getting people in. Cause when they get in, the experience is going to be great. The experience is going to be wonderful. They're going to find something they love. Cause I promise you, whatever they're driving is not as nice as what I'm going to be able to show them. And I promise you I, the experience that we give them is better than 90% of the dealers that we deal with because they don't like helping people in subprime. All they do is kick them out and tell them it's just too much work. I'll put them in a corner. We don't do that. Treat everybody the same. Once again, back to that, treat everybody like a millionaire and you will grow exponentially. You will yeah. Dude, it's crazy how fast that grows. And then those people become good credit because you coach them, taught them how to make good payments, maybe even set them up on a program like Smart Payment Plan where they get their biweekly payments. It's automatic, comes out. You don't have to worry about it. Shoot. <laughs> I'm just saying, treat cool. people, you know? Yeah, no, that's very cool, man. I totally agree with that. Plus, it's got to be more rewarding, dude. You know what I mean? Well, dude, like, it's crazy. And the people cry. I've seen grown men, 70 years old, never been able to buy a car their whole life. And I help them. They're crying. Dude, they, they, awesome, man. It's just, it's insane. You know, the first, first time buyer, you know, the person who's been on their job two years making good income, but nobody will help them because they have a zero score. I love helping those people. Cause I feel like I'm like, man, the only difference between me and the other dealerships that I tried, that was it. That was literally it. So, but Very it feels cool. good. It feels good. <laughs> so, um, on the finance side, man, have you, have you seen anything, um, like any bank pushback? Like, you know, Hey, this, this like, I'm, we can't really do these loans because the value ratio is so out of whack that it's too much of a risk. Have you guys gotten any, any type no, of, you know, I think that for the most part, I didn't get much of that during COVID. I got a little bit of the, um, they were like, they were like some banks weren't 
doing much. It would have to be, they wouldn't, they weren't doing what I was telling you, like helping us with the books or even helping us with the, um, like the job time, you know, you know, being off for COVID cause they were shut down or even catching COVID, whatever it was, they weren't doing it. So I was like, wow. Okay. Um, I saw some of that cause they were, you know, they were deeper subprime, but they definitely, um, they help out a lot. I mean, I, I don't like to talk bad cause they definitely help me. I mean, even if it gives me one deal, I got to help that one person. I'll sure. take it. Every bank's valuable to me. Um, I just wish that sometimes they bought deeper banks go through. It's like, just like water, bro. Yeah. You know, one month a bank is buying deep. The next month they almost shut the, shut the well up. They're like, Mm-mm, no more water for you. Right. <laughs> so you're like, it's okay. I get it. Cause, but at the same time, it's like, it's, if I feel bad, not for me, I feel bad for my clients. Cause that client last month, I would have been able to help them, but they came in this month. Now I can't. So you, the hope and the dream is to give them that sheet, let them know, Hey, this is what can happen. Matter of fact, we may even call you next month and just see if we can follow up and resubmit this still after 30 days and see if we can get it. Cause their bank programs literally change on a monthly, sometimes weekly basis. Sure. So you have to be, you have to be up and up on those, but you can only submit every 30 days, a client, some banks every 60 days. So it just depends on who it is and how you're getting them approved. Right on. All right, man. So I want to kind of take the, the conversation a totally different direction and just talk more about, about your, your show and what you guys are doing and all that, all, all that jazz. But before, just to leave uh, something here for the audience, something that they could take back and implement at, the, at their dealerships like today, right? There was one thing that whether you're a franchise or whatever, um, that they could do um, to help them on the subprime level. What wow. would that be? It's, it's as simple as just making a process, um, you know, a true and true process for subprime credit. You know, a lot of people, they don't, they don't have a real one. They just kind of throw it up there and they hope that somebody does. And they, they have one guy that kind of submits, but he's not really a manager. He's a salesperson. I've seen that. It's wild. But I think that um, by just having a process and treating everybody that walks in the door the exact same way, I've mentioned this a few times already, you're going to, it'll change the game, but it has to be accounted for people have to be accountable you have to make sure that every deal is being submitted if they have a job of course if they don't have a job what's the point right, right. but people yeah. that can qualify based off of income um and things like that you need to submit them because you never know i've been wrong i'm the subprime hero and there's been times i submitted deals it's like no way <laughs> i get three approvals and they're like better than the one that had better credit that i pulled an hour ago you never know bank programs are funny and they're none of them are the same so you may know everything you know but you never really know so just give it a shot because I never tell a customer no. The banks tell them no. That's it. So I, that's how it goes. I like that. Yeah, dude. I think sometimes we put some, even as salespeople, before they even get to that point, we put some, some uh, we make assumptions on customers based on the way that they look or the way that they show up at the dealership or the way that they're talking. And sometimes you get, you make some pretty big mistakes. <laughs> sometimes they're the ones that have money in the bank and they, they buy the whole dang lot, but they just, right. I, I've seen owners that look like that, you know? So just saying, you know, you know, you yeah. gotta never can judge that people by that, treat everybody the same and you never know what happens at the end. I've had people come back with paper bags full of money, you know, yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> All right, man. So let's, let's kind of, um, you know, go into a different direction, man. I want to uh, talk to you guys about, about this movement that you guys got going on, dude. So, um, probably the, the, question that you get asked by podcasters when you're both in the same on the same show is why did you start you know like what got you going on the podcast man why why take this out <laughs> well you know it's like it's those things like that old feeling you get when you're in a business and you didn't know if you should be in it i honestly was about to give up on this business i was really getting fed up with the processes and the way people 
talk about us and the whole nine, you know, I was like, man, I'm so, I'm so good at this job. Why not go out and do something else in sales? And that's more dignified. Right. I really, then I sat back and I had conversations and I hung out with my team. I remember it was a boat trip and um, we hung out and it was, we had houseboats, two houseboats out on over at Cumberland Lake in Kentucky, houseboat capital of the world. I mean, we're out there, we're having a great time. It's one of our yearly annual things we do with the dealership. And we're out there just having a good time. We spend a few nights out, but I'm around all these amazing people. I'm around people that I've seen come in the business at like 19, 20 years old, that now own homes, have kids, families, um, just great people that are helping people every single day. Um, I see owners that are my owner, Tony Molito, shout out to him. Love you to death, brother. Um, he's, he, he pays for all that. I mean, we're on a boat trip that he spends, who knows, those boats, they're not cheap. And he's, he's catering it for us. There's, you know, all the booze, if you want booze, there's water, there's, you know, there's Gatorade, but we have a chef that cooks us breakfast, lunch, and dinner. He caters fishing trips for us. He does it because he loves his team. Above all, he loves his team, right? And he, he takes care of it so well. And, and, you know, I'm like sitting here going, why do I hate what I do? I think it, it just become like, I got stuck, right? Where I was at a dealership where the number one independent group in the state, um, we sell more pre-owned cars than any other independent store out there. We, we're having fun. We're, I'm making money, great money, more money than I need in the state that I live in, right? And everything is great, but why do I hate what I do? Why am I embarrassed to really tell people I'm a car salesman? You know, and was yeah. I really, it wasn't like super embarrassed, but I still had a little stigma to it, a little sting because you knew that somebody was going to say something, like hit you with a zinger, right? right? You're like uncalled for, especially when I sat there and I was thinking about that just being around all those people and I might've, I might've had a few bourbons and was really in a good mood, but I started getting really into this thought process of like, and I wasn't a big growth spurt in my life right then. I started reading books again. I, you know, I was doing all this, I was doing working out, I was doing a lot of things in my life, learned how to play guitar. You know, I was in the middle of all that and I was just, and Lou Ramirez, my, you know, obviously yeah. the car guy, my brother, my, my brother from another mother, um, Man, he he was there with, you know, he's the sales manager, GSM at the other store. And we're sitting there, we're just having a blast together. I mean, and I've known him since the day he got in the car business. Our families are like really close. Our sons are like best friends. Um, our wives are very close too. And we do all family things together. And we've been on vacation together, all that stuff. But I was like, man, we're really connecting this weekend, like even deeper. Like we haven't been that connected in a while. Like we're like, man, I was having such a good time. And we leave that. And I remember... I, I've been watching Glenn Lundy. I have been checking out a few other people's um, podcasts out there and things like that. And I started, cause I started getting interested in about it a little bit. I was a guest on one of my friend's podcasts and I was like, cool. And it had nothing to do with, I was actually talking about cryptocurrency cause I'm a big crypto guy, but anyway. Um, All right. I was, on. Yeah. And I was already in it. Hey, in a couple we we got to talk offline, bro. You're going to give me some tips. Yeah, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, right now it's wild West right now, but it was like, you know, I, I got in it years ago, but long story short, I, you know, I was on a podcast and we'll talk about that some more, I promise. But the, but I was on a podcast and it was great. I had such, so much fun. And it was from a friend that actually was one of my employees at one point and he started his own podcast and man, it was so cool. And I was like, dude, it, how, you know, what does it take? And he kind of gave me a couple tips. I was like, okay, cool. And it was in the back of my head. I want to do a podcast. So after that boat trip, I really was like, I want to do one, but I don't want to do it myself because I know myself. I'll start it and then I'll give excuses why I don't do it. I need some accountability in my life. So I'm going to ask somebody that I know I could trust no matter what that will, that will also do the work because I know if I have somebody hold me accountable, he's the same way. Right. So I was like, all right, cool. So I call him and I'm like, Lou, bro, I really want to do a podcast. Would you do it with me? And he goes, Hmm, do you have a name for it yet? I was like, 
No, and honestly, I didn't know if I was going to do a car business one. I knew I was just going to do like a motivational, let's get it pumped up, live better life, right? And he says, I was like, no, man, why? You got one? He goes, yeah, car guy coffee. And I remember <laughs> I sat there for a second and I immediately was like, yep. I said, dude, I'm in. We need That's a meetup. Now, this is like, you know, end of summer. We set up a meeting like three weeks later for us to sit down and really talk about it when we had some time because he was on vacation and things like that. So we, we met we met up and um, we decided that, yeah, we were going to do it, how we were going to do it. Um, we I studied. I read everything about I spent literally nights and nights and nights studying like the best equipment for this and that, you know, how can I do it without spending a ton of money? Right. And I, and I, so I got some good mics. I'd done all that. I, you know, I got everything that I thought was right. Put a lot of money out of my pocket, which when you commit to something like that, that's how you commit. You got to start just doing it. Cause if you yeah, just talk dude. about it, it's never going to happen. Then what I really did, what made it extreme was I went out in the internet, you know, never been on social media. I opened a Facebook account. I opened Twitter account. I opened Instagram account. I did all this stuff and I made the announcement. 120 2020 car guy coffee first brew right be ready you know brew be ready for that right so we kept we kept using that we were using all the coffee terminology right so we did that and we made that announcement made t-shirts i gave it to all my salespeople. i gave it to um you know like my owner i gave it to my friends family everybody i could think of i was just like look it's happening so i made it real like it had to happen and but i gave myself You're, three months you were three committed months. at that point oh yeah. yeah three months of prep prepping me and lou spent three hours or three hours a night on average on Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday nights, he'd come over around 11 o'clock at night and stayed at two in the morning, sometimes three, four, honestly, but we would practice and do one after another. We didn't know if we were going to do video and all this, but so that's how it all came about. Basically we, what we worked, it was an idea. I got motivated. I was in a great pivot in life. Um, I felt like I was at a dealership. It, okay. I can keep growing. How can I keep growing? I could do a podcast and I can share, I can help other people besides just the dealership I'm at, which turned into me helping. I will, my dealership next door, I will help them. I will talk to the F and I guy and show them how to do it. That, I, I literally go to, maybe I shouldn't say this. Hope Tony don't get mad at me, but I've been given like helping a lot of people because I believe the better the car business is. Once again, I'm not about trying to make it better for Fred. I'm not trying to make it better for, I'm making it better for everyone. The kids, my ch grandchildren, I'm making it better for them. And if I could change it just 1% better every single day, that's helping other people, helping you, helping whoever it is that the detail person go in there and wipe, wipe a couple rims for them while they're busy doing something else, whatever you have to do, get a car zipped in there for them. What, whatever it is, we have to be better at what we do and help everyone from top to bottom. Cause we're all important. So yeah. that's what, that's how we, that's why car guy coffee started. And it's, it's a energy, it's energy that Lou and I always had. And the name is because, um, Back in the day, there was Lou was in a showroom dancing, right? And Lou loves to dance, and he's got music. He always jams music first thing in the morning. And the salesperson goes, "Dude, what are you on?" And he goes, "I'm on that car guy coffee, yo." <laughs> and because he always called himself the car guy, right? So it was like, "So car guy coffee," and everyone was like, "Okay, then okay, we got you." So that's where it is. It's an energy. It's a culture change. It's a difference. So as we talk about it, and you know what I'm trying to do, the 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 whole thing I'm trying to change. I'm trying to cultivate. And, and can change the whole culture, caffeinate it, just make it so much better. Caffeinate your culture right now. Right. Like you, you're going to be, you got to wake up. All of us need to wake up. All those car people, car guys, car gals, owners, salespeople, clean up people. Everybody needs to step their game up because I'm telling you, Carvana and Vroom is coming hard at us and they're, and they, and they have every right to, because we've done everything that they've shown on those commercials. So it's time to change. Yeah. But yeah, no, t totally. And, but now is the time to, to, to kind of t take this industry to a different level and it's it's not a bad aspiration or a ridiculous one right. 
uh, to want to make this industry better, dude. You know what I mean? And we could totally do it. I know we can. And, and here's the thing. The only reason it's not happening is because people are not doing it. And, but there's a lot of people doing it right now. You know, you're yeah. doing a great job, my friend. I'm so honored that you're that you're here doing this. And I know you have some great friends out there that are in the pinnacle moment. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and it's such a great connection. And here's what's cool is I'm a podcast, you're a podcast, but yet we love on each other. That's what it's supposed to be. Yeah. When you hear, and I think the thing is that I, if your podcast was a negative podcast about the business, I wouldn't even listen to it, nor would I be on it. Well, honestly, I might just to throw some love on it. Right. But at the same time, I wouldn't be excited about being on it. Probably I'd be more like, I'm ready to show people that this is a good business. Right. So, right. But you hear you, I know that this was going to be good and it was going to be fun because I already know your, your frequency. I already know what you speak because you speak love, man. And you have since day one on your show, man. And think about that folks, five years, five seasons, I should say five seasons of this man rocking and rolling, getting ready to roll <laughs> into season six. And he's doing nothing but sharing people's ideas, their thoughts, giving you his best ideas. So you can go out and implement them and make this business better better yeah man, man. You know, and we, we can go all day about stuff like that man i know because that's what you're about too and i love it thanks man dude let's talk about that you said something right now that got me it took me back to memory lane and it's the initial that initial starting the podcast journey you're like i don't know what the hell i'm doing yeah <laughs> i literally have a book that's called podcast for dummies hey I think I read that online, man. I'm not kidding. I did, I did all the research. I literally bought that book, man. It was. It took me like three seasons just to get the audio somewhere where I kind of wanted it to be. And then as soon as I got that a little bit better than than that that horrible screech that you get in the first couple of seasons, it was like, okay, let's do video. And then it's like, how the hell am I going to do that? And so, and then the editing part of it. So, mm. um yeah, it's so much because, you know, we don't have like a, I'm not like Dave Villa, shout out to him, who has a freaking whole posse of team, an amazing team, by the way. I love Dave Villa's team. Shout out to your team. Man, they are just the most humble, amazing people, group of people. But he has a whole team of editors and, and visual right. people and they do all that. And it's, he's earned all that. He's built that. Don't get me wrong. But when you're doing it yourself, it's a lot. And you have a full-time job. You're doing yeah, this. You're yeah. like, all right, hold on a second. That's a lot of work. But it's like you said, it's it's all for some it's all for something. It's to change the business, man. And where that's but what you got, it shows the love for and the passion for the industry, man. It really does. Because if people and listen, I'm humbled that people listen and keep, and I, I said I just had my one hundredth episode like two episodes ago. And one of the things I said on there is like, you know, I'm I'm super grateful that people, you know, they must be getting value because they keep coming back, right? And that's, you know, just to get to that level is like it's great. But dude, it's if they saw all the work that goes behind, you know, then they you could really say like, oh no, this this is for real, right? Like this, you know, this is one hundred percent a a project of of love. You know what I mean? Dude, there's no doubt. So, I, I, that's why I respect. I respect it. I respect anybody who does this consistently in hundred plus episodes, folks. You know how hard that is. We've seen it. And you've seen it. So many people start podcasts and how many get past five or six? It's almost right. over. Because it's a lot of work and it you don't is. realize until you start it. Even the five minute, I've seen people do five minute ones and stuff and they don't really, and even those don't last. They're like gone quick. You're like, bro, what happened? You know, like I was excited about your show and just, you know, I still encourage, I still like, Hey, if you ever need help, I'm whatever, you know, I want, I want to help people. I want to make it better for, I want this business and voices that even the ones that disappear were good voices, but the consistency is what people want to see. And that's why you're going to have success the way you're currently having success. And it's just going to keep growing for you just like I am, you know, and it's just, yeah. all it is, is just continuous work. Sometimes you don't even know you're like, man, am I really doing enough? Is this, is people even paying attention? 
who they are man. every I mean, day, man. That's the trust thing. Trust me, they're every listening day. more than you know. Going to that to the double D, I saw so many people, who, and and they weren't just saying it because they were like telling me things that I did, and I'm like, wow, okay. How come I never seen a liker? It was nice to meet you though. <laughs> yeah, <all> right. <laughs> hey, next time you like it, this way I can tell you I, I appreciate you back in. I appreciate right. you. Back. You know, but you, there's so many people getting value from what you're doing right now to include myself and in my audience, because I like to share your stuff, too. So just keep doing what you're doing, brother. And man, you're you, you know, it is it, that journey that you're talking about getting it started, trying to make sure you do it right. It's scary. But it we, but now, look, you've done it long enough to where you're a pro. Now you're able to guide other people, some, show them the light, somebody who wants to start a podcast that's positive for whatever business it is. And they're asking you for advice. You can give them fair advice now. Hey, this is what it takes. And all that kind of stuff. So you put yourself as an authority in that spot and you have me five seasons, folks, five seasons. Just got to say yeah. it's amazing. It's, it's flown by too, but I, dude, I remember, man, I remember. So when you said that, I was like, Oh dude, yeah, man, that was, that was <laughs> those are the days, bro. You're like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, but it goes by quick when you put the work in, man. And you know, and you, you look back and you're like, wow, I've come a long way, man, a long way. So it's amazing. Um, so what about, um, Let's talk about Digital Dealer, man, because you guys did some stuff over there that was crazy, mm -hmm. man. I love seeing it, man. Like, we, you know, we were lit down there, were, man. Yeah, it's broadcasting from there. You had a bunch of people. Like, I saw um, uh, El Patron, I, I saw Ben Stuck, Glenn yep. Lundy. Yep. Um, we even had Shay Robottom from LinkedIn. She yeah, was there. Yeah, I saw her. Glenn brought her as a guest, and she was so gracious to sit down with us. And I know, you know, I've connected with her, and she even gave me a book. Matter of fact, it's right over here. She gave me this book to give to my brother. My brother, I haven't seen him yet, but I'm about to. It's it's a book about like words, you know, like basically you can you can heal yourself, you heal your oh, life. Right. Is so that it's her a book, book, or she just no, no, it's, just, it's a book because I was telling her about my brother. She she was awesome. She's so beyond her years like it, bl it blew my mind so mad mad shout out to her she just was asking questions and then just here i got an idea and when i got her book and i was like okay cool <laughs> thank oh, you why not <laughs> yeah it was really cool man so she's she's a very spiritual person and i absolutely love her and she's amazing on linkedin she knows what she's doing so if you want to learn something go pay attention to her I, I paid attention to her when she back before i started anything and i used a lot of that feeling that she throws out because she's using personality she's being goofy mm -hmm. like you know like I do, being seriously silly, and she does it better than I do by far. That's why she is who she is. But she definitely is somebody I could look at as like, hey, man, you've definitely helped me get to where I'm at. You know, just like watching your shows helped me get to where I'm at. Watching, you know, Glenn Lundy helped me get to where I'm at. Watch, you know, just so many people I could throw shout outs. Dave Villas, watching Alex right now, Alex Flores with his new videos, yeah. that he's been rocking and rolling with man, and man, beautiful stuff. He's killing the game, and you know, it, he, he's just preaching what we are all preaching. Make this business better. Quit being better. lazy. Be accountable. Do it right. Help people. Help, help, help. Do your job. You know, that's that's all he wants you to do. Be consistent, you know, and and that and that that's what makes him special. And that's why he is who he is today. You know, so I just want to be something like that, you know, help people out, <laughs> be a voice that people listen to and, and helps them. So so are you guys going to do that deal again? I'm sure now it's going to become a, a regular it's, thing, right? We are booked all the rest. Every convention you can imagine, we're booked. So we're going to be there. So be ready for the loud craziness. So yeah, Digital Dealer, we went crazy. You guys, if you were there, you know what we did. It was fun. But like like my friend um, Lori Foster said, you know, we were the 
we were, we were the most energetic. We were the most fun. We were the, and she also said that, you know, we were just open to everyone and any person that walked up to us, we were always just really kind to them. And it was, that's because that's what is, once again, it's just called being a good person. <laughs> that's so crazy. <laughs> the energy, I, not everybody has that. Not everybody's brave enough to stand on stage, but neither was I. That was my first time, folks. I'd never done anything like that before. That's the first, I just went with my heart and I gave, I left it all out there. Lou is a, as a great speaker. Lou's been speaking for years. He, he does a lot of youth ministry. He, he does a lot of youth programs. He gets out there he'll have he'll host big dj stuff out in the middle street you know big fairs and stuff and he'll have his dancers come out and they rap hip-hop all that type of stuff play guitar some skaters but he's he's always been that mc guy so he's always been that spiritual uplifter and oh he's so great because he's so amazing i mean i I remember being a digital dealer shout out to you lou love you bro but you shined like no other i mean when he was up on stage the stuff that, that came out of his mouth I was just blown away. And I, I literally was just like, wow. I mean, he says the same stuff about me, but I honestly tell you, he killed that show. Lou Ramirez is one of the best speakers I've ever seen on a stage. It's crazy if he doesn't become a keynote speaker at most of these conventions in the next year, because he will completely dominate that stage. He will, he will make it so amazing. It's such an, a, an experience. Like he, the way he came up there and it's, it's so touching and it's so love felt like, and his words are just, he's a wordsmith. He's very, he's much more of a wordsmith than I am. I'm more direct, like, ha, ha, right? He's more <laughs> like, let me butterfly you, let, you know, move around, let you get tired, and then I'll get you, right? So he's, he's amazing. And, um, you know, I, I think I did a good job too, of course, but because I had such a good time, I, I didn't even pay attention. I just was like, oh my God, this is such a blessing to be here. But yeah, um, in the moment, I was, and it was in the moment all week long. So it, we came away with a lot of opportunities. Um, you know, Lou and I are starting our, our new agency that's getting ready to launch. Um, actually it has launched, but it's just not in full drive yet. It's still in first and second gear. Um, but yeah, it's a uh, certified solutionaries. It's, it's something that's going to be huge. I know it is. We're going to help change the culture of dealerships across the nation. Um, and then we're going to help other consulting firms and people like that get bigger too, because we're about loving and sharing and we want to team up with people and, and start a whole new network of just uh, amazing solutionaries out there. And that's our thing. We're solutionaries, you know, and I, I, you're a solutionary, my friend, you're to me, you're a certified solutionary in my book. You don't even have to go do the course, right? You just are the man, but there, you know, that's it, a culture. It's a, it's a mindset. You know, we believe in five core values and our first one's love and love is so key. And I mentioned that a few times yeah. today. Second one is faith. And faith isn't just about religion. Faith is believing that what you do, there's going to be a good result from it because you're putting in the work, right? And and then there's honor. Honor is not just looking good and being right. It's about honoring everybody who's helped you get to where you're at, your parents, the, the ideas of being a human being, all those things that were put into your brain, into your culture, into your way is how you honor. You honor people by doing the right thing when you're not supposed to, right? You do the right thing when no one's looking. And that's that's how you honor. And th- those three to me are really, really key. Of course, we also believe in adaptability because you have to be able to adapt in today's world very quickly. So yeah. always understand just because you're doing it now and it works doesn't mean it's going to work tomorrow. It might Forever, need to yeah. adapt. Right. And our last one is consistency. And I've talked about that a lot too. And consistency to me is, is the key to all those, all four of those. If you're not consistent with all that, then, then if you're not consistent with all that, then you're just, you're out of the water. You know what I mean? So, yeah, dude, no, listen, man, I, 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 I thought that was brilliant. It was great. I can't wait to actually see you guys in live, uh, live here in Vegas doing it. It's going to be super dope. I'm sure. Right. Um, and you know, 
I love what you guys are doing, man. Just keep doing what you're doing. It's, you know, it's helping a lot of people. And the more you do it, the more opportunities to impact others you're going to have. And that's what this is. This should be about, right? And so, that's all I want to be about being on your show. I, and I, I'm honored because I feel like we're going to help do that and bless it onto other people. So if you're new out there, if you're thinking about getting this business, if you're somebody in this business or whatever, this business is amazing. Love this business. Never allow it to get worse. Make it better every day. It's not hard. Just do the right thing. You don't have to be shady to sell a car. You can be an honest Christian man that just loves people. Woman, doesn't matter who you are. You can be, you can be anything. You could be an alien from the space. And if you have a good <laughs> heart and you do this business right, I want you to work for me or with me, or I could work for you one day. One of those things, just be righteous and be the right person and love people. So, man, I appreciate yeah. you for having me on the show, bro. Seriously. Yeah, man. There you have it, folks. There is one question that I ask everybody that comes on the show. And that question is, where do you see the automotive industry headed in the next five years and why? I see it heading way more virtual. I see it being way more uh, opportunities to help people, not just in your local community, but worldwide. Um, I believe that the business is going to get better. I know it because I'm in the mix of it right now. I believe that voices are getting stronger. I believe that salespeople are going to be the big brands, not the dealerships. So understand that you have to be ready for your salespeople to grow and blossom and you need to encourage it and love on it because the more that people know who they're buying for, the better. Now, if you need to have a superhero at your store, man, make one there, but understand your salespeople are the real superheroes. They're the reason why people come in those doors, the BDCs and all those, those are all salespeople just so you guys know when I generalize that. But everyone, if you're helping people get in this business, you're helping people change lives, you're helping people do a lot of different things. So keep growing. Don't forget, forgive, focus, fly, and keep growing. And that's how this business is going to get better. You have to let go of the past, focus on your future, really get a plan, and then fly to it. And you'll go so many places, but you have to keep growing, keep growing. I love you. I love the car business. Let's keep it going. Thanks, man. Thank you so much for doing this, dude. Again, this has been awesome. Hey, if you guys are not checking out the Car Guide Coffee Podcast, you need to do that today. I'm going to put all the links to all their stuff in the show notes. Or if you're watching this on uh, on my YouTube channel, then uh, check out the video descriptions for some more information. But you got to get on this today, right now. Don't wait. Go to the app, save it in your phone and start tuning in right now. Thank you so much again for doing this. This is awesome. Thank you guys for tuning in. We really appreciate it. That's all the time that we have for today. And as usual, we'll talk later. We only host the well-respected. The vendor Lexus Nexus. We don't sell digital marketing. What you do? We inspected with our DT vendor management solutions. We come in like the EPA to clear out the pollution. Take the trash. Go keep your P&L clean. Your inventory. From product pitches, meetings, to cost negotiations, your vendors have you swamped. You have cars to sell, but most of your time goes in managing your vendor relationships. Wouldn't it help to have someone navigate the way ahead? Enter Dealer Talk Vendor Management Solutions. A filter between you and your vendor so you only have to deal with what's most important. We inspect your digital data to get optimum results for your money. Here's what we do. Give you an accurate idea of what's working and what's not for every digital service. Get vendors to submit monthly highlights, lowlights, and recommendations. Sift through their data to give you those metrics that matter. Evaluate all package, content, or cost changes and product pitches. 
do monthly marketing budget analysis to ensure better ROIs. Finally, we give you concise reports and monthly videos with actionable insights. Now, you can focus on what really matters, selling cars. Contact us today and your first 30 days are free. Let's build your business together.